our friendship was forged in an IHOP in Fort Lauderdale. Was it? Yeah. Our friendship seems to, the forging of our friendship seems to move. Oh well, from here to there, and it's just there's so many there's so there there's a lot of seminal so moments. many moments. But uh, but you know, past ten years, our server was Prince. Our server was Prince. Our coffee was hot. Probably still is Prince. Oh, I hope so. I hope he's thriving. Yeah, wherever he may be. Fort Lauderdale, IHOP. Hey, this is Amrita and Andrew. We write and produce as VJ and Stevens, and we podcast our way through freelance, free-range life. If you're thinking about taking a leap off the beaten path in any part of your life, our inexpert advice is don't think twice. In the meantime, we've cracked a new candle. I have a problem. What? I keep buying candles. It's my problem. Actually, the problem we have is that we go, we almost go through our candles. We I have know, one over here that's like has one it, hour left. That is we have my, one on my desk with one hour left. That's my, um, one of my fatal, my, I have many fatal flaws. I don't have just many Achilles heel. <laughs> it's pretty dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> my fatal flaw. She died because she had she a bunch of candles with one hour no, left. Cause on I, I, it's like the, it's like how like, like white people don't take the last slice of something or the last chip in the bowl or Polite whatever. People. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know I bought race into it, but um, it's like that. I have that problem except for candles. I don't want to burn the last hour of the candle. I have that problem with lotions or any, or, or any sort of cologne or perfume. Same. Same. I'll let it languish. The last little spray. I have coconut oil from new orleans just the last <laughs> little bit and i don't know what i'm saving it for a special occasion but i'm convinced there will be a, a special day someone when i'm like this is a coconut oil day <laughs> would it help if i got you a new coconut oil? no no okay because i already bought more body oil that mm-hmm. i put on after shower mm-hmm. so i have more oil but i'm not I finishing the other oil experimenting with hemp oil thoughts feelings um i love it I love it, yeah. except that it it on the back it says, um, "Watch for slipping," like i.e. don't get it on your your bathtub right. and your floor and then fall. And despite that warning, I have uh, almost wiped out a few, uh, several times. So it's not for the faint of heart. So when I hear a thud in the bathroom, I should come <laughs> running in. Yeah, it's okay. it's not for the faint of heart, not for the elderly. Do you lock your door when you shower? Never. I never lock my door. I never lock any of my doors. Do you? We we lock the front door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Actually, yeah. though, what we there have been more than a handful handful of times uh-huh. that I found the front door wide open <laughs> and our door wide open, and it's not your fault. It is our shared fault. between okay. you and me. Yeah. I don't. I mean, wait, a number of times. I would Several say at times? least seven. Wait, seven? That's not a I number. found the basement door open one day. Not what? open, but unlocked. What? Yeah. So, we should not share our address <laughs> lest the burglars just are listening. People let themselves in. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, um, last time we spoke, we talked about the housing work auction, but had I actually purchased... No. So just as an update for all of your curious art aficionados, 
I did win what I was bidding on and it hangs above my bed and it brings me joy. Yeah, you did well. I only got one of four and it was the one, it was the one I liked the most. And up until the last minute, I waited until the last minute and I swooped in there. Oh, you're making a devious face right now as you sip your tea. Anyway, I was victorious. <laughs> well, it's beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um, on to the next one, I guess. Yeah, I had my eyes peeled. I've held myself back, but. I mean, why hold back? We've got lots of walls. We do have lots of walls. Yeah. Yeah. Next up for me is a drafting table to make clothes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I want to learn how to make my own clothes that fit me. So it turns out that now that we have moved to the deep wilds of Brooklyn, I've become somewhat of a homesteader. I want to sew my own clothes. I'm knitting my own winter wear. That's usual, but. Oh, I feel that. I haven't left the house in two days. <laughs> I haven't left the house in two days either. <laughs> I intended to today because I only have one apple left, but. See, this, me the this, is like, this is like ancient homesteader pioneer type of shit. Like I wanted to leave the house because I, I needed to gather more apples. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just a cold wind is a blowing. I know. I know. So. I know. I see that you are suited up. Um, we're here in our basement in Flatbush, Brooklyn. You are wearing one, two, three, four shirts. Four shirts. One undershirt, three button-down shirts. Uh-huh, this actually brings me to my first topic of discussion. Beautiful. Fingerless gloves and a hat. Yes. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. This hat you knit for me. I did. Uh, a few years ago. It is not large enough to fit around my ears, so it's a... It's skull a beanie. cap, mm-hmm. a beanie that sits above the ear. So I look very Brooklyn. You do. You do. I was surprised to see that style on you. Yeah. Well, it just doesn't fit any mm-hmm. other way. Mm-hmm. So it's actually very comfortable. You actually made me these gloves mm-hmm. too, these fingerless gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel very cozy and comfortable thanks to you. You know, they say that, well, I think this only repli- applies to romantic relationships, but they say that you shouldn't knit things for a man. Except the loophole, because... Because it's cursed. They'll run away. Yeah, and they will, and you will break up before knitwear you finish the sweater. Repels men. Yeah, it's it is a it's an urban legend in the knitting community, and the loophole for that is that if huh, you loophole the loophole, <laughs> I didn't even mean <laughs> to do that. I'm hilarious. Um, is that you um, can if you if you incorporate some of your own hair. Oh, this is well. You incorporate knitting. your hair in everything. Well, yeah, that's in the my thing. Food. In my drains, <laughs> I won't. I won't argue with you on that. It's 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 hard living with a long haired woman, um, but yeah, if you incorporate some of your hair into the knitwear, that will counteract the curse of knitting for. Uh, so, have you life. done that for me? Um. Well, but you're not my. You're not a romantic partner, so. That's true. Um, and you're on the lease, so where are you going to go? That's true. <laughs> Nowhere to go. So on. Uh, the topic of what I'm wearing. Uh, I wanted to ask you about reclaiming the popped collar because I have a long face and a long neck and when it comes to proportionizing, the you popped collar the works for me. Uh-huh. It, may, it, it, it bridges the long face, long neck situation i went to school at a small like new england you know preppy college um 
I'm not going to be wearing a polo shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't wear short sleeve collared shirts. So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm really going for more of a Diane Keaton. At I, I the see farmer's that. No, market I see that. I see that. Like I see that. Your, your an style Exeter icon. Kid at Amherst. Yeah, your style icon in life is really more of a Diane Keaton. Yeah. 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 I see that for you. I like it for you. I see what you're doing here. I'm into it. I dig it. I Thank support you. you. Thank you. Fully. Thank you. What, um, so you've got your oversized trousers. You've got your popped collars. Mm-hmm. You've got your like shiny monk straps. I do. I'm so just styling here. You are Diane Keaton. Thank you. Yeah. You just need like a big floppy bow. I'm Flatbush's answer to <laughs> Diane Keaton. <laughs> that, put that in your Tinder bio. <laughs> oh, man. What, how have you been? What's going, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? As they would say in the Christian church. Do they say that? Yeah, they say what's on your heart. What's on my heart? Um, I, you know, I I have a boring answer for you, which is that I'm just really, uh, um, into our writing Mm -hmm. and that has been very much on my heart. Like I keep waking up like in a sweat in the morning, like like a flop sweat no 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 not a flop sweat (laughs) (laughs) did i protest too quickly there um no i i wake up like uh like i'm ready to go oh ready to write yeah yeah better to create yeah like i wake up like oh my god i can't believe i spent that eight hours sleep just yeah not ready i'm ready to go i know that sounds ridiculous yeah we have a different reaction to the morning no, no. I mean, I'm I'm still not a morning person, as you can right. attest. In fact, one of the greatest gifts about being we've we've managed to finagle ourselves into a really good contractor situation for this year, where we have you know so we have some projects, we have some money coming in, we can sort of set our own work schedule around it. Is that my I'm getting to live the workday I've always wanted oh, and frankly too. always deserved. Me too. Uh, which is that I really take it easy in the morning. Mm-hmm really get my mind right and really nothing functional nothing functional happens before noon some things can happen like working out right but functionally nothing really happens before noon right. and that has been a gift um yeah because then you can really hit the ground running and you're you're firing on all cylinders yeah so when i say i wake up like ready to go i mean i wake up like ready to think about going at noon right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I've been thinking a lot about our script. Um, well, I'll ask you first. We'll get, we can talk more about that. But but, what what's on your heart? What's on my heart these days in the in the long dark winter mm-hmm. um, is not that much. You know, I feel that I feel that I f- I feel you. Do you feel that you see that in me? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I feel that in myself. And, you know, we talked last time about like taking it easy in the winter. Yeah. And um, we have been, I think, both living that. Yeah. There's like really in a pleasant way, like not that much to report. Yeah. We have like an everyday life mm-hmm. or some responsibilities and then our creative pursuits and working on some exciting projects. Uh-huh. But, you know. By and large, my, my brain is a little bit empty in a, in yeah. like a winter way. In a winter kind of way. It's very, I guess I'm feeling poetical today, but it's like the seeds are planted 
and like something is going to grow for like fallow yeah, it feels period. Great. It is really good. It's really good. I feel like I enjoy my my social times that I have with people um, more because I have nothing I'm trying to go to or come from or make time for. I feel like I have a good amount of time to spend with people. Yeah. And I am not like overly planned. And of course, that's the state of the world too, maybe, but... But it's it's uh it's a nice rhythm that I think we've both fallen into. I agree. So may I speak a little on our script? Well, don't tell anything about it. Okay. That's okay. bad luck. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. We'll keep it under wraps. They'll have to wait until it's announced. You'll have to see it on television, darling. Yeah. day you went into the city so when i went into the city to get my auction item Mm -hmm. i noticed a new entertainment exhibit i'm not gonna call it an art exhibit or anything oh god just a touristy entertainment exhibit that had opened called the friends experience have you heard of this is it like the it's show? Exactly the, the what show you think friends. it is. Okay. So it is in a corner commercial space where they have built out a replica of the Friends apartment building, probably you know memorabilia, mm-hmm. and there was a line. And I, uh, about a month ago or so, um, someone reached out to you from your professional network about attending this Bowie, David Bowie exhibit that's on the Lower East Side mm-hmm. that is just what it sounds like. A tribute you know, to I David even, Bowie that includes... I didn't even really look into it. I gotta be honest with you. Music and mm-hmm. memorabilia mm-hmm. and yada yada. And it just had me thinking about the era that we're in. And, you know, there is... Nostalgia has been a, has been a cultural, you know, had cultural cachet for... Probably forever or for a long time, I I understand. But I feel like we're in a part in American culture right now where we're just eating our (laughs) ourselves. It's an Ouroboros. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like we are we are going to see the Friends exhibit and the David Bowie exhibit, and we are going to see. You know, we need to stop with the remakes. So there's not even. We need to stop with the remounts of of Broadway shows. We need to not remake these movies. We don't need a new version of this and that. We don't even need a remastered thing from a like, 60s album. So what we need is like a cultural bureau. And then what we're going to say is for the propagation of American culture, such as it is, we need to put a moratorium on reboots, remakes, revivals, remasters, and nostalgia experiences. Yeah. These people are paying $20, $25, probably more than that to go and see these, these, you know, to, to live this like fantasy of watching the French <laughs> show and being in that apartment. Like that is bleak. That's bleak. From a culture standpoint. That's bleak. That's bleak. Um, it reminds me that um, when we were driving, when we were in Atlantic City uh, in January, um, there were billboards that we were passing on the on the highway that were advertising like live experiences, shows, this and that. And the shows were being advertised as 
highly Instagrammable. Right. Like that is bleak. It's, it's like, please go to this live show, buy a ticket to the live show. So you can so that film you it. Can post, <laughs> you can post it on your Instagram. It's highly Instagrammable. You're going to get so many likes and retweets and reposts and whatever the fucks, you know, from this, your filtered version of the live experience. Yeah. And that's should be, that's a selling point for a live experience. Yeah. That to me is is very bleak. And it's sort of related. It's like It is. It's like what is a, what is a live experience? Like what does it mean to partake in like a new live cultural experience? It's either something that you're recycling from like a previous version or it's like how can this be recycled into content? Yeah, and it, when I'm thinking about the nostalgia piece, you know, when you show up to to go to a friend's experience or a Bowie experience or whatever it is, you show up comfortable in what it is. Mm-hmm. You have decided you've you've indulged in whatever the piece of culture was, and you want to go and do more. Yes, and I don't know if it's just like me, man crotchety or something but it just feels like <laughs> it's it's like consuming culture that you that you already know mm-hmm. and that you're already comfortable with right. and that you know like it's Zero not discomfort. gonna put you in any place to have to you know deal what with anything. this this goes with our unified theory of everything is that is that our culture has become all about avoiding discomfort it's completely about avoiding discomfort so it's that's from a cultural standpoint like with your art you don't want anything that's going to cause any friction or any discomfort with our discourse. God forbid we disagree or, you know, are able to have a, you know, yep. any sort of casual disagreement. Yep. Um, everything is about eliminating discomfort. Yes. And we've, that's existed in American culture since, you know, forever. I mean, you know, Disney is built on, on comfort really mm-hmm. um, and not, you know, challenging you very much, but now like, i mean like everything is comfort food cultural comfort food. and you you and like you know before you get there like a remake it's like oh well i saw it and i like i know what the story is i know what the thing mm-hmm. is so now i just get to see how they tweak it whatever they do you know and that's what is that that's that's the past yeah i mean i think well it must be just that it's what's safe you know and it's the reason that we get so and many the future is scary well, the future is scary. Well, of course, yeah. Of course, we feel that the future is particularly scary right now. But it's also just like a, a commercial thing that it's like whatever's going to be the safest to sell. And the yeah. unknown is very uncertain to sell. Like it could be really, really stupendous and it could be the thing that everybody wants to remake 20 years from now or could not be. So it's like all that risk. There's too much risk built in from a commercial standpoint for there to be things that are new and not just the friend's apartment yeah 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 it just bums me out <laughs> who did you see in line for this experience was it the youth you know it was it was the youth yeah so those people largely who are maybe watching it this wasn't the- people who watched it the first time around <laughs> i mean maybe the parents of the youth did <laughs> which i won't hold back friends is a shitty shitty show <laughs> how about that how about it it's a stupid <laughs> shitty show and I always thought it was. <laughs> I know that it has a huge fandom. But that's just cuz it it pulls at all the, you know, comfortable things and the what's that, you know, the the vision you have when it's uh you're striving for something. Aspirational. Aspirational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything's aspirational in that show. Is it though? I don't aspire to that. I mean, 
a lot of people would do. That's what's <laughs> shitty about the show. Well, that's that doesn't even make sense what I said. <laughs> I like your fire about it, though. What I I definitely feel like I I don't want to consume a lot of remakes right now, but there is there is a risk on clicking on something that you don't you don't know what it's going to be. So it's like everything like the key to all of this for if, if like as a consumer is like making it familiar enough, but then something well, different. Form something isn't new, bad. right? You know, form isn't bad. You go to, you know, symphonies are built on a form and that, that happened for hundreds of years and it still happens. It's like, I'm not saying that there, that everything needs to be formless. Or I'm not or saying like that, radical. You, can, you know, um, also art forms have language, whether ballet or modern dance or classical music or modern music, rock music. Like we have forms that, that we identify with and that we understand um, and that are modes to communicate something. So if you're using a form that's a classic form to communicate something that is timely or new or, you know, necessary, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But revisiting not only the form, but the thing you were saying in the year 2000 is a safety seeking. So, that's so true. That's so true, too, because it's like, how are we ever going to make any commentary on the times we live in? Not that like every show yeah. needs to be like some sort of, you know, like super cutting cultural commentary. But how can we even just like remark on our surroundings in a casual light way yeah. if we're re- revisiting exactly what was said in 2000? And so much changes, you know, uh, which sort of feeds into another topic I want to talk about using a form that's familiar. And then and and even if you're not commenting on some large cultural moment in Mm -hmm. whatever art you're making even if you're just telling a story that's as old as time but when the with the language of the day in a form that is familiar that sets it in a place in time that is important for us because we recognize the word the language i mean language in in the year 2000 and language in 2022 is very different Mm -hmm. and using a form that we recognize but the language that we use now is a way that of creating art that speaks to people today, have, right um, now. Do you have a example in mind when you when you talk about that, or an idea in mind when you think about when you talk about that? Well, what it was leading me to uh-huh. was, you know, there's there's a lot of language experts. I don't know if you would call them sociologists, linguists. linguists thank you. Mm-hmm. Linguists often point to, um, especially in the United States, I don't know if this is a global uh, truth, that women in our culture are the drivers of language change. Oh, I didn't, I actually didn't know that. And especially younger women, Mm -hmm. younger generations, everything from the words we're using to the way we're speaking, um, to the cadence we use, all these sort of things. Why is that? Do you know? There, there was a book that, that was published a few years ago that goes in depth about it. Uh, I remember one of the examples cited was the Valley Girl accent. Uh-huh. And how oh, and we like know what the Valley fine. Girl accent is, but mm-hmm. then you go to like, you know, skateboard culture. Or other, You see it like move more broadly out um, and... Then you see, you know, young men sort of adopting the same mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. 
Well, and we see that, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm out of pocket here, but like with like young black women and like oh, yeah. their slang and then that circles out to like drag culture and that circles out to like internet culture and then that circles out to everyone. And before you know it, it's been so uh, folded into the culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I walked into a CVS here on Flatbush and got whatever I needed and was standing in line and a man, um, an Asian man, probably 60 years old, mm-hmm. 60, 65, uh, was a cashier. And I walked up to him and he looked at me and, with, uh, and, he's, and he said, oh, hey, daddy. This man was clearly, and he was just being friendly. He was, I mean, uh, he wasn't, oh he was like God. a granddad. I'm like actually shocked. Wait, he was an older man? An I'm older stunned. man. I'm stunned. He's like, hey, daddy. And I was, oh, (laughs) that's fun. Was he? (laughs) I mean, I enjoyed it. I was like, that was fun. Um, He wasn't, he wasn't flirting or anything. I don't, this man was not, he seemed like a straight man. Was there a language barrier? No. He was, he, okay. Okay. No, he, I mean, you know, I didn't stop and get his life story, but he was fluent <laughs> in English. He did not have an accent. Oh my God, that is so bizarre. Maybe he's just maybe he's just trying a new thing where like every single person who comes up to the register. No, because someone like, else came in like, hey, and queen. yelled over me. It was like, oh, where's the, you know, what aisle is blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, hey, daddy, you'll go to. Oh, he said it to someone else. So he said it to someone else. And I was like, hmm, like I wonder where he picked that up. Like, did he pick that up? Does like his daughter say daddy to like people who aren't him or like so i was thinking oh you know language and and how women sort of drive this language change and how you know in 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 our world like i hear people use the word daddy all the time i mean especially in gay culture people call yeah, people yeah, daddy yeah. yeah um and but maybe, to have that bleed over to your cvs clerk is a whole nother world i loved it and then <laughs> and then i went to get a haircut no two days later three mm-hmm. days later and i get my hair cut over here on franklin at a barber shop mm-hmm. i mean it's like a barber shop yeah. and they are eastern european um of some variety and uh and i walk in and the guy's like oh hey papa what's going on and i was like well you know maybe this is more just I a sign a that you've, you've crossed over you've crossed over into your daddy face you think? I think I think maybe that's the moral of the story and not that there's a linguistic I cultural shift. I refuse. I reject and refuse. <laughs> I mean, you look great for your age. Do you do I look like I'm a just, papa? No, when I think papa, I think of like a jolly man with like a huge beard and a pop belly. And keep in mind, I'm walking into these places with a mask on, a hat on. I mean, the only things you can see are my eyes. Maybe my crow's feet. I actually... (laughs) Maybe that's... (laughs) No, I think... I actually... um, As I'm like hearing you talk more about it, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not mad at this. Because like, it's like when people like were like, hey, mama, to to me. And they say it in like a friendly way. As as long as they're not being like creepy about it. It's like, whatever. Um, And we don't really have a good equivalent for that for men because it's like it's like oh like terms of endearment are used as diminutives or like can be disrespectful when you use them towards women but if but i don't think that they have to be disrespectful but the key to that is having like 
a gender fluid approach to, mm-hmm. to like using those. So if there's a, if there's an equivalent version for, for men and now like when I walk into the bodega, they're like, Hey mama, what can I get you? And you have a version where you go into CVS and they're like, Hey daddy, is that all for you today? Yeah. That's what <laughs> he said. Actually, I'm kind of okay with that's exactly it. what he said. Oh my God. Like, and neither of these interactions was like even vaguely so sexual. Nothing that's was, so not, these were just two friendly people. Well, it's, it's kind of like how, like, well, you can tell me if this is like in the South in general or just in New Orleans, um, where like everyone calls you baby and it's like very gender fluid. It's like, you can be called that by like a man, by a woman, by a young person, by an old person. And I, I loved it. Cause I was like, in general, in like my normal life, like I would have thought like, oh, this is like kind of disrespectful or something, or there was something like flirty or creepy about it. But then I was like, oh no, it's just like, it's just like, instead of stirring and mamming mm-hmm. in New Orleans, everyone just calls you baby. Hey baby. Yeah, I mean, you can tell. I mean, intent is is, is the whole thing, right? You can yeah. tell when someone's calling you baby in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, unsafe, or unwanted, or whatever. And then you can tell when it's just a sweet yeah. side of someone trying to relate to you and to let you know that that actually this is a friendly interaction this or is something. Friendly. Yeah, yeah, and that's this is what actually it is. friendly and safe, right? All right, it's kind of weird though. Linguistically, same words, same words can make you feel exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So, seems like Daddy and Papa has made its way into <laughs> that's thrilling to me. Yeah, that's into the vernacular, yeah. um, at least in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all our listeners, other places, I encourage you next time you're interacting um, with anyone mm-hmm. to call them Daddy of any gender. <laughs> also, also gender neutral version of of several of these things are to say cousin. Or comrade. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cousin's a good one. Comrade and this moment in time. <laughs> Actually, probably. Let's avoid. Yeah. Let's, let's, good, good point. Excellent yeah, let's, point. Let's, <laughs> let's step away from the comrade for I now. fired that off really thoughtlessly. So, I... um. You know, you and I both came to smartphone culture kind of late relative to our peers. And I've never had a problem with like excessive screen time. But then lately, I don't know, lately I've just really found myself falling into like screen time black hole where I'll, you know. Scroll endlessly? Oh my God, just scroll endlessly or just like, all right, have your head down. And then all of a sudden I like look up and it's like 45 minutes later and I haven't gotten out of bed and I'm just like scrolling. So... I was like, okay, I need to like nip this in the bud before it becomes like like a real problem. And that all this like screen time apps thing, that's not going to work for me. Like I'm I, you can't guilt me. My phone I will not be guilted by a robot. Like that that doesn't work. So I was looking up this thing, this um she's a happiness expert. I already hate it. <laughs> okay, you're going to hate it even more when I tell she's you. She's not a happiness expert. Yeah, she, she like literally, I know this is going to, I'm telling you, it's going to make you hate it even more. She's a happiness expert who teaches a happiness course at Yale, which is so popular. A third of the, of the undergraduate student body signs up for it like every, every time it's offered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of course, these are all people who struggle a lot with figuring out how to be happy. So it's like, oh my God, oh, I'm a, I'm a gunner. A, like I if you teach me a course on it, Ooh. can I get an A in happiness? Yeah. And does that make me happy? Like that's really sad. But anyway... <laughs> she her thought about um about like screen time she's like i teach my students this thing called www 
the it's a mnemonic device. If you find yourself like in a black hole on your phone, what for, why now, and what else? So what what for is like why did like what what what's the purpose of picking up your phone? Why, why now? Like what what yeah why at this moment? And what else means like what else could you be doing or what else are you missing out on by being on your phone in this moment? I don't think it's a bad message, like all those things put together, but it's like, that's not something that's going to pop into my head every time I have my phone in my hand. <laughs> I'm be like, okay, remember the three W's? And I'll be like, wait, what were the three W's? What yeah. is it? I hate this. <laughs> I hate the whole thing. <laughs> on the screen time thing, you don't struggle with that at all. No. I, uh, I don't keep anything on my phone. I don't keep apps on my phone that will do that. Do you never feel tempted or do you feel like you just have a strategy that works for you? I never feel tempted because so, I've, I've just been so removed from social media for so long. So so I guess that's one strategy. That, so Not being on this social is media. the first strategy. Stay Delete away from all your social so media. everything changes very quickly mm-hmm. on the Internet. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is stay away from it for two cycles to where the point where you log into an Instagram or a TikTok no or a Facebook, you it. don't even know how to use it. <laughs> and at that point, for me, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't even know how to find the thing I came here to find. Then I just close it. The things I waste time on the internet is YouTube uh, and looking at real estate. Look at a lot of real estate mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. lot of places. Mm-hmm. And that wastes time. I will watch. I'll fall into YouTube holds watching people like sing or play the piano or, or fall like down. Perform, to or, be fair, or, yeah, I, I, only occasionally <laughs> will I watch funny videos. I mean, I fall into internet holes when I'm like. By the way, what? the possum. Oh my god! The possum. What about the possum? I, I fell. I fell into the internet, and <laughs> I landed first. at possum, <laughs> and the Virginia possum, which is the only possum that lives in the americas the possum we all know when mm-hmm. you find it in the trash mm-hmm. and growing up we used to find a possum in our trash fairly regularly it's so scary oh my god and we we're always like oh it's always rabid turns out that possums are highly resistant to rabies because of their they have a very low blood temperature body temperature for mammals are very oh, so it cold. can't incubate they're it cold. can't incubate rabies so they're resistant to rabies not to say they can't be rabid but most of them aren't Mm -hmm. and also actually i'm still surprised by that they just look like they should have rabies i fell into this hole because (laughs) i watched uh, now this is a dumb video i watched a video of a woman who adopted a possum and then raised it that's disgusting and then tried to release it into the wild but it kept following her back inside face only a mother could love so it's this like real ugly thing but you know she's raising the possum so then i was like how long is she stuck with the possum because she said in the video oh you know it's gonna have a happy life as long as it lives i was like oh, so how, God, long how long is she stuck live? with that which she enjoys it but then i just got me curious so they live she up to four years it. in the wild oh okay i thought you were gonna be like 35 years like the tapeworm no only four years although there is an island off the coast of georgia the state in which there is an undisturbed oh, possum God. community that, so that does not have natural predators so and they can live up to twice as long because possums don't oh have my God. natural can you imagine, defenses. Can you imagine like washing up on Possum Island? Yeah. You'd never get rabies, but they You'd never just, get rabies. They don't, they don't, they're not dangerous. 
They're just gross. They're just Their gross. natural defense is that they're gross. They also are good to have around. They reduce the spread of Lyme disease. For similar reasons, because of the blood temperature thing? or So, I don't know. I just give you that fact. I don't know. <laughs> this is as far as I got. So, uh-huh. from here, so- you'll need to do your own... You're not going to be able to help me with my internet addiction problem, um, but yeah. So what's the what are you um, hoping to do now that you've watched the happiness course by some quack? <laughs> well, I'm never going to be able to remember the three W's. I can't. I can't even remember whether it's like like feed a cold, starve a fever, or is it feed a fever, starve a cold? Oh, See yeah. See, I'm saying like mnemonic devices are very confusing. So. So the mnemonic device thing is not going to work for me. I remember your apartment number in Park Slope. How? Because of a mnemonic device. Oh. It was 4K, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I kept forgetting it. I would get there and I'd have to text you and have to wait. And your phone, you weren't next to your phone. So I'd be like freezing outside for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and so finally I was like, K, what's going to be K? So this is so stupid. It has Maybe a mnemonic device works only if it's really stupid, really dumb. Okay. And it's like. Outside of what you would think yourself would come up with a de- mnemonic device. Okay. So I remembered it because because you were you were the crazy cats. Because we were four crazy cats. Yeah. Well, I guess there were only three of us, but. Right. But okay, I, so I okay, it. so the answer that is really stupid. <laughs> really stupid. <laughs> and it was with K with K's because with K's. yeah, um, for unknown reasons. So I need to come up with a really stupid mnemonic device that's gonna shock me out of getting into a an internet spiral yeah okay all right that'll be my assignment i'll come up with something yeah it can't be logical can't be logical can't be intellectual it has to be mildly embarrassing to share (laughs) that's the key to a mnemonic device oh my god okay actually we've circled around to you having really good advice (laughs) on this on this matter yeah, so I'm like, oh, how does it, what's the amount? You'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to tell you. you. Like, okay, okay. Um, I, I do lots of deeply embarrassing things. So, uh, you know, I'm sure I can come up with something. Yeah. I just need to bury it in a hole outside or something. I don't know. Yeah, just throw your phone out the window. Just throw it down onto the subway tracks. Don't never look back. Run away screaming into the woods. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to miss? Your family, your friends. <laughs> Who needs them? Speaking of phones and technology. Mm-hmm. When your sister was here, we all went to the Tenement Museum, uh, but I had left my telephone phone at home. I had my wallet, which identified me with my driver's license. And we get to the Tenement Museum and I need to, f- to provide proof of vaccine and I don't carry around my card, of course. Like most people, I have it on my phone and I re- realize I don't have my phone. Everyone else around me has their phone. And so... I have it stored in my email, which feels like that would be a nice backup. Seems, seems logical, yeah. Well, two-step verification <laughs> got me, and it got me good. We tried every method. It was like, let's get into your Google Drive. Let's let's install your Google account on my phone as though it's your new phone. Yeah. Like, we tried everything, and everything, it was like, we have, we have a few ways of verifying you. Like, let's send it to your phone. Here are the two ways. We can text you a code or we can call your phone. Or we can email you. Or, oh, yes, Why, or we can email you. How would it be helpful to email you the verification when you're trying to get into your email? Riddle me that. So then we're like, uh, okay, let's create a Louisiana Department of Health um, account. account because they have the record of the vaccines that mm-hmm. I got when I was in New Orleans. 
get we get to the end. They it's found like the we've record. Sent your verification mm-hmm. to your phone. It's like you can view it. Like please, like enter Put in the your code. Verification for yeah. your phone. We did that for the for the city of New York, which has my booster shot, which would prove everything. Same thing. It was like technology. It's a, it, we were in this hamstrung. We were hamstrung. Like if you don't have your phone, you actually can't participate in society which i mean which on a sort of serious note i was like how do people who don't have phones or do don't have smartphones participate in society anymore yeah like we've made it impossible i mean and you have these people who walk around saying like oh look at these poor people and they're walking around here with their fancy phones it's like actually a phone it is we now have made a, it an in essential, this world essential it's an essential yeah you can't fill out a paper application to a job you can't really do you can't do anything you can't go anywhere right now without a smartphone and and for that matter like you know i guess maybe you're privileged enough to be going to a restaurant but it's like you can't you have to scan the fucking qr code to like get anything you know can't do that on a flip phone or no phone so if you want to throw your phone on the tracks i encourage (laughs) that but just know that you probably won't be able to get into the subway ever again You probably won't be able to get to pay your bills. You're, you're not me. actually a person anymore. Yeah, I'll throw away my phone and then I will I'll have to withdraw from you society will cease immediately. To exist. Yeah, yeah. One last note. I'll say that you read a lot. So you're not stuck in your phone all the time. I see you. I see you flipping pages. Yeah, I flip some pages. Um, Turning I, tables. Yeah, I, it, I do find that it's Chasing taking me. Chasing pavements. <laughs> I do find that it's taking me longer to comprehend things that I read. I think that's a worldwide phenomenon because of our attention yes. deficit yes. or you know whatever. What I find myself doing after I've read a few pages and realized I haven't comprehended anything is I go back and I read them at the pace that I would read them out loud for a paragraph or two and it gets me back into into remembering into how to read again. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a, it's a problem, like, and it's a problem, like, I know this is crazy, but it's, like, even for stuff that I've written. Sometimes yes. I'll, I'll, like, read something back, like, if I'm reviewing our script, and then I'll be like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And then I have to, like, go back. over it. Mm-mm-mm. I've noticed on the Zoom calls that we've been on, that I am the only person drinking coffee. And it makes me wonder if there is some video chatting etiquette. No, uh, I think I think we have been out of, we have, we're in the strange position of being, having been out of the workforce for like everything getting virtualized. Yes, transition. Transition yeah. to virtual, whatever. So now that we're re-engaging with it, it feels like, everything like we're we're aliens so it's like everything it's like am i doing this right is this normal like is this how people do stuff is this how we live now yeah no everything is like that so you you questioning yourself is totally normal but i'm here to tell you that it's not impolite to drink coffee i mean i think as with many things it's like impolite to like eat a salad in someone's face which you know people did in the real world like in meetings sometimes and you're just like because remember you got dinged for chewing gum while your boss was eating a salad um um i would say if anything having a pair of upside down legs mannequin legs behind you um that runs afoul of what no it doesn't run afoul it's it's more pushing the pushing the boundaries what am I supposed to have in the background? <laughs> so tell the good people about what you uh, found. In the background, you see 
a pair of mannequin legs that I found uh, in the trash, not mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. I found in the trash and I did have to dig. Um, did you just see like a foot sticking out and yes. you were like, yeah. And I walked half a block and I was like, no, I want I those. Need her. Yeah. And I doubled back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought I was closer to home than I was, to be honest. <laughs> But because I was already carrying, I was already carrying quite a lot and it was a very windy day. And let me tell you, when the wind picks up those legs, <laughs> they have a mind of their own. But uh, so I was probably a mile and a half from home. You walked a mile and a half with, the, yeah, but they're so tall. I walked a mile and a half. They're with like these, four and a half feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. I walked a, a mile and a half with these legs. Oh my God. And to the people of New York, nothing was strange. I passed a lot of people. Yeah. Not one person looked at look. the legs. Uh-huh. Not one person looked at me. Uh-huh. It, I, to the point where I'm like, am, am can I they invisible? see me? <laughs> like, are these legs magic? Because not one person has even done like a quick, like, you know, that person. It's like, uh-huh. it's classic New Yorker, like, like buddy, I don't I, fucking care. I don't care. I got you have some legs. Do. I got places to go. <laughs> so I brought them home. I cleaned them off. Uh-huh. And I have a, t- a low table behind me and I put them upside down on the table. So now it looks like there's um, a woman. Like in plow pose. In plow pose. Yeah. Behind you. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think it's it's it gives a nice like quirky. Oh, yeah. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, I love it. I love it. We need more. We need to add more of that energy to our workspace for sure. Yeah. But no one has said a word about that on our Zoom calls like. No, I hope they think of like what's and they've been on? clearly visible, like clearly visible. Yeah, and not always in a way that makes it abundantly clear that they're mannequin legs. <laughs> just <think> someone's <laughs> someone's like naked me. and like you're like I just paused from what I was doing <clears throat> to take. I this have call. something to get back to, I, so yeah. if we so can, if you can just uh, wrap, wrap it up, up real quick. That'd be yeah. great. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. taking them and they'll be like why do i feel so bad you know you're very resistant to doing things that will make you feel better i am okay wow you just like really read me that is so true that is so yeah. true i mean you've I told will me fight tooth and nail like i, I i'm like obsessed with self-improvement i always have like like a project about like making myself better and yet i will fight doing the thing that's good for me yes every single time yep my sister's like, I'm so glad that you live with a person who's like going to constantly remind you to like, you know. Well, to your credit, your you take that kind of stuff so well. <laughs> and I don't take that kind of stuff very well. Is there a thing that I nag you about? No, really. Right? You are you're very good at understanding when and where you can nag me mm-hmm. and when and where I'm like, yes, shut, would shut you down. It's a gift. It's a gift. But you also display your anxiety. And I know we talked about this, yeah, before that it's like everything is phys- outward and physical. So you can just like tell, your shoulders, how, your, tell how I'm feeling everything. immediately. Immediately, it's so transparent. I wish that like I was more of a mystery. That's one of my dreams is to be like <laughs> a cipher. I think you are a mystery to some people. But then Not once you, and then once you read the cues, you're like, I'm like, oh, actually every emotion that I've ever had is like, writ large across yes. my face and my posture all of your all of your tics are very 
I mean, all your like stress is like very still, goes into stillness. Oh, and completely. all of mine goes into I like freeze. Yeah, not not stress like public stress. I don't freeze in like a no, in no, like no, no, an no, no, emergency no. situation. No, no, no. I don't freeze. Your your anxiety in, becomes latent. Yeah, everyday mm-hmm. stress, I just like mm-hmm. f- curl up and. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say how much I appreciated the other day when you were when you were feeling grouchy, and then you went and thought about it, and then came back to me and yeah. you were like, you know what, I realized that I was that I was grouchy um and this was why and I really appreciated that yeah so it's uh this happened yesterday um you asked me something oh about someone coming over and like is it okay and I was so grouchy about it so I took a second backtracked what had happened and what had happened were two things I had I had PDF'd an Excel sheet that had live links in it. Yeah. And then the links did not make it into the PDF. Like if if the tech world, which we have to live inside and around, doesn't work did for you. not work the first time, <laughs> then I'm like, right. what is the point? What is the point in technology? Now uh, I have to figure out, I have to Google. And we know, we all know yeah. when you Google how to da da da, then you're sent to these like Adobe like community boards uh-huh. and then you go to the uh-huh. community board and it's like this thread is closed if you would like to see you know yeah. it, go to yeah, this or, thread or you have to watch a 17 minute video trying to guess where the person actually answers the question and that the you thread's have. like well like what is your operating system i'm not gonna read so that that was just annoying <laughs> yeah right it's like a small annoyance and then coupled on that you had turned around in, in a work situation someone had wanted you to join an internal slack channel oh god and you and I and VJ and Stevens does not, regardless of the client, join, join a client's us. Slack channel. Period. We do not use that Slack. That is a hard boundary. We do not believe in Slack mm-hmm. and we will not be Slacked yes. at your convenience. Yes, yes. I do not believe in Slack and I will ignore its existence. We are not an emergency service that mm-hmm. you can just like Slack us. Mm-hmm. So we don't use Slack internally, nor will we ever use Slack. Mm-hmm. That is not a management tool. That's a fucking waste of time. It's a waste of time. And so in my head... I'm annoyed that a PDF won't work. And I'm annoyed at this guy for asking you to join a Slack channel mm-hmm. because it's going to waste your time. Mm-hmm. And so by I'm like righteously angry that mm-hmm. your time might be wasted. Mm-hmm. So these two thoughts are going in my head. And then you ask me about, about another thing. And then I'm grouchy. But those two things had happened so quickly that I didn't even on a conscious level know I was that you know, these two just, stupid I... things were had upset me. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't anything I said to you. It was no. just like your PDF. Problem. It was like fuck Slack and fuck, <laughs> fuck Adobe. Adobe. <laughs> <laughs> so it felt good to identify those things and to sort of laugh at how like so small and silly. Yeah. But yeah. you know, there are like two types of people in this world. There are people who I love the statement. The get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and at the big things that happen in life. They shut down when the big emergencies happen. Yes, and then there are people who excel at the big moments, and then they are brought to their knees when the fucking PDF will not carry the live <laughs> links. You know, we we have a, a we have a way of talking about this in my family, which is are you, and it's exact exactly what you just said. Are you a person who sweats the big stuff? Or are you a person who sweats the small stuff? Yeah. And typically, typically, you're not a person who sweats both. For instance, my father. He is a person who sweats the small stuff enormously. But if you're on fire, if like really shit is going down, yeah. you can call him and he will be so calm. He'll be like, it'll be like something so major 
and he'll be like, okay, well, first thing we're going to do is this, and then mm-hmm. we're going to do that, and it's going to be fine. But if it's like your shoelace is untied, it's like he will fall apart. Yep. If we have to get to a flight and we have only allowed two hours yes. to get there, he will Or what time's dinner? Crumble. So, um, so I, you know, you could, I think we need both of those types of people in the world in order oh, to do. like keep, keep the engines of life running. <laughs> but I think, I think that's very funny. So you, you identify yourself as a sweat the, uh, sweat the small stuff. I think I'm a sweat the small stuff person. I mean, what would you say about me? Um, like I would definitely call you in a crisis. Um, and I get thrown off by like small, but things. I might not. Yeah. You also sweat the small stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're. Great in the crisis. It's about the small stuff, and then and then at some point when I ask you about it, when I press you on small stuff that you're like stressed about, you like fully shut down. So maybe that maybe that's going to be like the next person that we bring onto our team has to be a person who is like who doesn't who sweats the big stuff, and then and like but like really can handle the small stuff. Jed was a person who like infinite infinite patience. patience. Mm-hmm does not sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. has like a really good attitude about things oh that's another thing i just don't have a good attitude about the small stuff i get you and i i have where we such a a attitude oh oh my god 100 i'll have a to-do list of like you know a normal size to-do list let's say i have like 10 things to do and like five of them might be like super minor like like drop this letter in the mailbox like go you know pick up some batteries like and i will be absolutely brought to my knees by 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 like the immensity of the like mundane stuff yep walked into a walgreens the other day turned around because like two oh actually that happened to me too and i'm famous for walking into places bars restaurants (laughs) you've been with me on many many oh god yeah where we're in there 15 seconds i was like we can't stay here yeah no um there's been a couple of notable examples of that one was when the you were confounded by the line at whole foods and so then you just you had like a like a like a salad bar item and you just like flung it no, yeah. you didn't fling it, but you like you put just it like, on a register that wasn't like, being used. Like walked out. Like I can't. Your system is flawed, and I will not participate in it. No. And then you just walked out. I'm not paying all this money for Whole Foods thing, and you can't organize a line. Yeah. So. <laughs> or when we were in Portland and the yeah, bartender that, was, was like, "We was don't have of. a menu," and I was like, "You don't have a menu. You don't have a customer. Is what you don't have." Yeah. No. So, so it was, like, it was like a, it was like one of those like bespoke fancy cocktail bars. I would, that was going to be my second example. That was so memorable to me. Very fancy cocktail bar. The waitress comes up and she's like, "Yeah, we don't have a menu. Um, everything is created custom. So you just like kind of talk us through the experience, the cocktail experience you want to have, and then we'll create something based on like what you've described." And you just like looked at her and you were just like, "No, no." No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and we got up and left. And we left. And you were mortified. <laughs> Actually, let me just let me just say for the record, I do think that that's an unreasonable way to to have run a cocktail bar. Just give me like five options that you like. You know, it's like it's like the same concept. I'm sure we've talked about this before about my stress about build your own salad. Yeah. Just tell me what to put on the fucking salad. If I wanted to make that decision myself, I would have stayed home and like made a salad. Made a salad. But like, I don't know how to do that. So I'm asking you right. to do it. To me, it's like, okay, but there's going to be other people who come in here that, I mean, I didn't want to do that that day. Even if I did want to do it that day, <laughs> I would have left because there are other on people. Principle. On principle. There are people who don't go drink enough to know what they like, don't know how to enjoy a or what or the whatever. vocabulary is of like like there are too many barriers that are put up in place and you have to 
assume so much about what someone knows, mm-hmm. even about themselves, um, about what they like. <laughs> I, wow, I really love how you, but you have brought, elevated it to deep philosophical issue about how it can does. you expect people to know anything, much less themselves. Yes. Barriers of entry are high in a lot of ways in this world. Mm -hmm. And if you're a damn cocktail bar and you've created that (laughs) barrier of entry, you should deserve to go out of business. (laughs) Is that a little harsh? Um, No, I I appreciate your curmudgeonly spirit. Forever and always. Sitting there in your fingerless gloves and your little hat. And my multiple. And your four shirts. My four shirts, you know, layers. I've really come around to layers, which are really good because you know breaking air news. gets breaking news. Layers, yeah, good. Because air gets trapped between the layers. Mm-hmm. You know, we really like to get like a heavy coat, heavy warm coat, mm-hmm. but then people won't wear layers. So there's only one layer for the air to get trapped, plus all the stuff that they have in the coat. I understand right. that. That's right. what makes it warm. I'm not a moron. Sidebar: mm-hmm. If someone could send me. A hundred percent cotton um, lounge pant. That would be great. You don't have to send me the pant. Someone could just send me a link to a hundred percent cotton. Well, that you know, does the not thing have is they could just like come over. They could just come over and let themselves in through our unlocked doors. They could do that the too. Pants. We have yeah. the basement door mm-hmm. and the front door. Yeah, come They're on in. Both probably open. Wide open. If not, you can go to the backyard and come through the back yeah. door. We write, curate, and produce as VJ and Stevens, and you can subscribe to Don't Think Twice anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're currently back to curating live productions and writing and pitching our scripted works for television. You can learn more about us at vjandstevens.com. That's V-I-J-A-Y and S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. We're on Instagram at VJ and Stevens, and our assistant Susan is lousy at tweeting at memos from Susan. You've got like a shawl. You've I got do. a lap blanket. Yep. You've got a hat. You've got your little like fingerless gloves. I sit gloves next to my heater like my with grandmother. With heater on. Yeah, you are, you You look like my Indian grandmother. Like it's, it's a whole, it's a whole vibe. Yeah. But you know I'm going to live till I'm 115. At oh, least. Yeah. Oh, at least. Yeah. I'm going to outlive everybody. Mm-hmm. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. <laughs>